What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Geekiverse's Venom spoiler cast. We just saw the movie opening night, and uh, we've got some reactions that we want to throw at you. I'm Josiah Leroy with me today. My right-hand man, Mr. Jeff Pavlock. Good evening. We are the Geekiverse, and we do whatever we want, really, uh, to paraphrase. So, Venom, the kickoff to the Spider-Man-less Spider-Verse. Um... If there is one, who knows? Well, you know, time will tell. But uh, what, what did we think? What did we think? First thoughts here. That was one of the weirdest damn superhero movies I've ever seen. It's getting killed critically <laughs> right now. Like, people are hating on this movie. Not not Rotten Tomato friendly. No. That, that's for sure. Uh, this The biggest parallel to me in terms of critic, like critically acclaimed or lack thereof is Justice League. It oh, feels think, a I, lot like that. I think it's even worse than that. I think though. it is worse than like, Justice I think League. this is going into Suicide Squad territory because... You're um, right. I, I, didn't, I didn't go into many reviews, especially any that had spoilers, but I saw some, at least just scores, that were absolutely scathing about this. Like, I, I saw a lot of reviews that weren't just like, oh, this is meh, oh, this is just okay. I saw a lot that were absolutely ripping the movie apart. So I, I think that... And, I, and I'm not necessarily shocked by that, especially after seeing the movie now. And I'm not saying that because I thought the movie was terrible. We'll go into a little more nuance on our thoughts on that throughout the show. But it, it definitely is a very odd movie. So I can see why there might be a very, very stark divide between those who think it's just okay, people who like it, mm -hmm. and then those who just outright hate it. It's just, it, you know, I, we are spoiled these days, right? We get really, really good movies pretty frequently. And a lot of good superhero movies. Right. So the genre ain't lacking for it. Yeah. So I think it's, it's a tough time in a way for superhero movies because if you're not particularly great, it's, it's viewed as, as almost bad. Yeah. And especially with this, I think that really kind of, puts it against the wall because like the, I mean the tagline for the movie is that the world has enough superheroes but this felt very superhero-y like I feel like they could have really gone down a more horror more body horror kind of uh, avenue with this but it played it, it kind of played it very safe with a, a lot of the time that was used on it does it feel like it had a different direction completely from where the trailers and lead up? Oh, one hundred percent. I, I own. It was almost a feel-good story, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Oh, um, we we should mention if you couldn't tell, by the way, this is a spoiler cast, so we're going to go into full spoilers for the movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it, stop right now. Bookmark it. Come back after you have seen it. We'd love to to be a part of your discussion. So, in terms of. There's a, I have a, a lot to say on it. I, I enjoyed it. It doesn't necessarily mean it was a good movie. Yeah. To each their own. For sure. If you enjoyed it, you enjoyed it. Like, I, I enjoyed it. I had fun seeing this movie. I laughed. Uh, there were certain moments that were, you know, I thought were good. There were uh, bright spots, such as Tom Hardy, who I thought was wonderful. I thought he was as good as he possibly could be in this role, especially. Um, some of the supporting cast I thought was really average at best. I didn't like a lot of the dialogue. I thought the dialogue was cheesy. But I told Jeff at the theater, it felt like, no disrespect, but it felt like uh, Tommy Wiseau kind of had his hand in some of that <laughs> uh, directing 
when it came to the dialogue, which is just funny because it's like also the parallel for me is that it's San Francisco and the room takes place. So if you don't know about the cult movie, the room, go watch it on YouTube right now. It was funny. And so in San Francisco, they're saying these lines and then sure enough, there it's where they are. I can't make this stuff up. I definitely laughed a lot during this. I chuckled. I sniggered. However, there were plenty of times where I did that where I don't think the movie wanted me to. Um, I definitely feel like there's a lot of unintentional humor in here, and part of that is uh, speaks to what you said. Well, the dialogue was ridiculous, whether it was written that way, whether it was the way it was delivered, and just the sheer absurdity of some of the scenes. It felt almost like... Now, this is a short movie, so right. minus the 20-21 minute credit roll... Which is ridiculous. It's an entire episode of like, you know, like a, yes. like a cartoon, like a Spongebob, like an anime kind of you know show. Unbelievable. Minus that, we're looking at about an hour and a half. Yeah. A little, little bit over. Yeah, like an hour, 35, 36, somewhere in that range. It's very, very short for a blockbuster kind of movie. When the third act started, I was a little bit surprised. I was yeah. like, oh. I, honestly, I felt it even early on because the... Like the arc, if you'll even call it that, between Eddie Brock being this you know, world-renowned, esteemed reporter and then just falling apart, it feels like it was over in the blink of an eye. Really, really like quickly. He goes downhill within the first five, ten minutes of the movie. And the movie doesn't have a lot of substance. It doesn't have a lot of... Yeah, I guess there, there's an arc, but it's it's a pretty quick one. Yeah. And it's not good for storytelling. Like, I really liked the dynamic of... Venom and Eddie Brock, but at the same time, he's trying to essentially come and eat everybody and destroy the world, planet Earth, and then all of a sudden, in a matter of minutes, says, you changed my mind, Eddie. Like, yes. What? <laughs> yeah. What did he do to change your mind? He's not even the greatest guy. That was in addition to, uh, or yeah, uh, alongside the beginning which i thought felt really rushed that was the other point where i could definitely where i definitely noticed just everything seemed way too condensed um like riot for example we hear riot's name and then we find out in all about 10 seconds what his background is what his motivations are and that's all we get for our apparent antagonist we get a one sentence exposition that he wants to grab the other symbiotes bring them to earth and that that's it that's for our villain and now we have to run with that. We have to accept that as our big baddie, and we have to apparently be invested in that. Just as Eddie Brock was a a, a ride, a symbiote, uh, or a, a symbolic relationship between those two, symbiotic, excuse me, that's kind of how the movie felt to me. Like it, it was this vessel that was just taking along a bunch of action sequences and dialogue sequences that didn't feel out of order chronologically, but felt like... It felt like Sony was like, this has to be a 90-minute movie. Find a way to do it. Right. They may have produced two hours' worth of content and then decided they needed to cut it. And that might be the case because there was that now kind of infamous uh, line from Dan Hardy um, in recent reports that he said, my favorite 30 to 40 minutes of this movie were cut out. Yes! Tom Hardy, you mean? We don't... What, what did I say? Dan Hardy. Okay, Dan Hardy is a former MMA fighter, so that's why that it's came okay. out of my mouth. I apologize. No, 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 it's all good. I'm a big UFC fan for those who listen. I did see that, and you, you wonder, though, with that, if that changes the rating. Oh, for sure. 
Yeah, and it, actually, I, I said this a couple different times, both when we were walking into the movie theater, once in our Slack chat where all of our fellow Geekiverse writers converge. Um, I was shocked when this was announced as a PG-13 movie because all of the promotion leading up to it from Sony themselves you know, seemed to imply to me that this was going to be R, not just Venom was going to be R-rated, but this whole you know Spider-Man last Spider-Verse spin-off series movies, including... Um, uh, you know, if they do a Carnage movie, if they do Mobius, the you know, vampire. Yeah. Um, this whole thing seemed like they were going a very dark, very mature route, and then we get you know, this just very tame PG thirteen. It was, a, it was like when they made it, like they're talking about the PG thirteen version of Deadpool, and that's what it was like. And it, now this this movie, I didn't need to be rated R for it to be good necessarily. It might have helped with some of the direction, but at the same time, you know, like you, you know, they're eating people's heads, like that's that's dark material. So if they wanted to differentiate themselves, like you said in the the lead up, there's the world has enough superheroes. Why not do something different? I think the R rating would have helped a lot, even in terms of the quality, because I think the most enjoyable parts of the film are just the sheer absurdity of Venom overtaking. Eddie's um, free will, if, if you'll describe it that yeah, you're way. Right. Um, and I would have liked to, have, for one thing, I would have liked to have seen more body horror out of this. Um, just the just the gruesome nature of the symbiote taking over a human body and controlling him, controlling him, and subverting them to their own um, will. And then on top of that, I feel like the humor could have been dialed up a little bit more. I would like to have seen it been a little more a little more vulgar, a little more raunchy, a little more just crass. Rather yeah. than, I, I think they could. I think there was a dynamic there that they missed out on in having a PG thirteen movie in terms of just some of the just outrageous situations that Eddie finds himself in as Venom is slowly taking control over him, and especially those early scenes where Eddie is, you know, he knows something weird is going on, but he doesn't quite, he, you know, he doesn't quite realize yet that Venom is the one behind it. I think they could have. Uh, strung it out a little bit too and time was a bit of an enemy with this so if you're looking at a two hour movie maybe that relationship could have played out a little bit more even though I loved the dynamic that they had it was really funny that seeing them argue or uh, Tom Hardy was wonderful uh, particularly towards the end when he's walking down the street and he's looking at people and people are looking at him as he's talking to Venom and I thought that that was really good because it's like this guy's nuts you know, yeah, he's insane, I, but I, he's got a symbiote. Like, I, I can't say that Tom Hardy phoned this in. I, he, he was all in. He seemed to give a very earnest performance, however odd it was. Um, the only thing I would say about him is that, and maybe this is just due to the condensed nature of the film, especially that early, that the early portions of it, I didn't get the sense that this guy or the, you know, this particular iteration of Eddie Brock could be this world-renowned, extremely hard-hitting reporter. Like, he's such a meathead. Like his boss even says, you're, you're, "You know, he implied he's an idiot. You're stupid." Like yeah. he, he 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 says that in not so many words. Like smartest dumbass. Yeah, like I don't. I, I just the way he behaved. I, I could not buy that this guy would be this you know incredibly insightful journalist. It's too much of a, a punk with his show that they they showed clips of basically you know he goes undercover not undercover but he, he digs up some dirt on some of the biggest companies and people in the world and uh yeah like he doesn't that was the one thing with him maybe where i was like he doesn't 
It doesn't seem to fit. How is this guy such a successful investigative journalist when he's clearly a loose cannon? I mean, he, it looks like he belongs on hosting an MTV show. Right. Yeah. Like he, he specific, like he even alluded to it even before the interview with Carlton Drake that he was, you know, gonna, he wasn't gonna toss some softballs. He was gonna, you know, play outside the lines a little bit. And then when he actually gets in there, he does, he does exactly that. Which anyone in the journalism industry, no matter what level you are on, will tell you that there are boundaries when you are interviewing, uh, especially someone with the esteem that Carlton Drake is implied to have in this world, in this setting. Yeah, um, I mean, and who, maybe that could, a lot of it doesn't fit again. Maybe that could have been expanded upon if you know the, you know, the intro part of this movie was ten. 15, 20 minutes longer, what have you. See, what's interesting is I kind of felt like the first act, I wouldn't say dragged, but I was kind of like, all right, let's get on to the action here. You know, let's get to the, the the relationship between what Eddie and Venom will look like. I don't know. I, I felt like it was okay. Yeah. But I I probably needed more time towards the where the, the second and third act meet, I would say. Uh and, and when like the whole rocket sequence started, I was like, "This is it! This is the end of the movie, kind of like this is yeah, starting." Yeah. Like, well, when you think about that, if you're talking about an hour and a half movie, like we estimate, by the time you get to the rocket sequence, we're only probably about an hour fifteen into the movie. Yeah, because you figure the climax took about ten fifteen minutes, plus the end. You know the 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 first ending scene, if you'll call it that. You know the the traditional ending scene. Uh-huh. It. Yeah, hell, uh, maybe even less because the movie ends with the conver- the the first you know the the closing segments are the conversation between Eddie and Annie, and then him talking to Venom as he's walking the street, and then eventually the whole uh, scene inside the what do you call it the convenience store? And then he leaves and he's talking to him again. Right. Yep. So yeah. So yeah, that you know the the start of the the rocket ship sequence, which is the climax of this movie, that could be an hour ten into this if if we were tallying up the time. That's nuts. Right. It really is. Over in the blink of an eye. Like I said, Riot was... I mean, granted, Riot is not exactly an A-list villain from Marvel lore, but it's just... there. There's no background into him whatsoever. The, the first we really hear Riot's name is Venom telling us what he's going to do to Earth, and like I said, that we're supposed to be invested in that. And I wasn't, because all we got was a couple senses of exposition. It's a delicate balance finding some, enough depth without going too far on the other side of that and being too deep and too long in the sense that this was just, hey, we're going to tell you why things are happening and that's all you need to know. Yeah. That's it. And even to a point like with Venom saying, like, Riot's got a bunch of stuff like you would never believe. And we, it just showed us that. I'm not saying everything needs an explanation, but besides, you know. Show, don't tell. Yes, yes. I think... Uh, Actions speak louder than words, and that uh, would fit that as well. So, in terms of the box office for Venom, um, I've got actually something pulled up from Variety.com. I know you were looking at something as well. Um, it earned $10 million Thursday night, so preview night, which is the top October preview number of all time. It's good opening. It's good. It's very good for a Thursday night. We're worried about the fall off here. We're worried about the the Justice League nice opening <laughs> weekend and falls off a cliff. A lot, yep. Um, I think I think we're gonna see that. 
tough weekend too, as we mentioned before. Um, hockey, hockey's here. Football is is just a few weeks in. Um, we have Lady Gaga's movie A Star Is Born, which you would never think would compete with something like this, but it is critically acclaimed that it's doing well at the box office right now. Uh, so it's uh, four point six million in previews, but I think that's one that's going to be more consistent. Sure. Um, MLB playoffs. Yeah, yeah. UFC two twenty nine tomorrow. NBA's right around the corner. Right. It's a lot a t- going, there's a lot going on right it's now. It's a tough time of year, and. Uh, the expectations, according to Variety, range from fifty-five million to seventy million for the weekend, which, which is a, it's good. That's a great opening. It's just can it sustain that? I, I, I don't think it will. I mean, the word of mouth is not fantastic right now. Um, we discussed this prior to going on the air. I think you know, it's too far lot. the other way. What's that? I think it's too far the other way. Yeah. Where it, it's hopefully not deterring people from going. Right. Um, you know, a lot of people, unfortunately, see that. You know, whatever the number is on Rotten Tomatoes, and they form their opinion right then and there as to whether or not they're going to go see this immediately or if they're going to wait for it to show up on a streaming service somewhere. Um, I think the other thing going against it is that there's uh, there's a, plenty of good movies still coming out. Even in October, you've got First Man next week, which is already being lauded as an early Oscar contender. You've got Ryan Gosling in the starring role. It's a very pa- uh, patriotic movie, um, an event that a lot of Americans identify with. Immediately after that, the following weekend is Halloween, which got rave reviews. And you know, Michael Myers is one of the most iconic uh, horror uh, characters of all time. That's going to be popular. Like, so, there's no right, and it. it's, it's October. People are going to want to go see a scary movie. I, I think Venom's got some very, very tough competition the next couple weeks. Yeah, and it sucks. And I, it's funny to say, like, usually this time of year. For me personally, and I would say a lot of other fans, like we're getting hyped for the the next Star Wars film because December is coming and that's been a thing. Last year in November we had Thor and Justice League, and Coco uh, also, which was another really yeah. you know that was a juggernaut in terms of, of Disney. Yeah, so, made a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. I thought, okay, where are they going to put this? This is a, a pr- pretty much as good of a weekend probably as 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 Venom could have, and uh, I I hope it does well. Because I don't want to see, in a way, what happened to the DC Extended Universe, where things kind of fell apart, and it's just going by the wayside. And, 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 and it's okay to get all these one-off movies, but uh, the the kind of Spider-Verse here, if you will, uh, I was hoping would, would be successful. So, regardless of what we score it, because we'll, we'll review it as well, say, go see it. Make that judgment for yourself. Go see movies, people. It's it's support the industry, you know, as much as you can. Of course, yeah, of course. It, it it really can't be understated how much the the box office returns influence the future and the prosperity of these studios. Because even a movie that could, well, we can make a couple hundred million, and yet it has it gets a terrible reputation um, based on that under if that, on that underperformance, if that's how it's deemed. Um, I will say, you know. If Venom is deemed to underperform at the box office, you know, if it really doesn't get much better of a reputation based on the critical score and the fan audience, I'm not going to say that the this Sony spinoff Spider-Verse without Spider-Man is immediately dead. We've seen other franchises kind of bounce back. I mean, look, if we were going based on popular sentiment, the DCU would have been dead after BVS, but we got Wonder Woman then. 
Aquaman seems like it's poised to revive it as well. I mean, look, regardless of where the future is going for the DCU, it is still going. Fast and Furious at one point rebounded. The first four movies were not exactly critical darlings, but then five movies into it, you get Fast Five, and then from there, you get a franchise that is consistently pulling in over a billion dollars with every entry. So it's not like the first movie in a franchise inherently has to be a monumental success mm-hmm. in order for a franchise to continue. Um, it helps, but it's not make or break. It help, right, it helps, but it's not make or break, except in the case of the Dark Universe, which died after the mummy, but that's the whole other story. Yeah, yeah, that's different. Um, so and this will, make, this will make money. I am confident that Venom is going to make money. It's a question of if it's enough money for Sony, which is a completely different threshold threshold from the money that I want to see it make. Yes, that's true. Speaking of DC, by the way, uh, so you put in our our Slack chat the the trailer, or not trailer, but really more of a teaser that played recently regarding the Harley Quinn animated Uh, series. Yes. That looks freaking awesome. Yeah, I'm pleasantly surprised by the way that's apparently turning out. I never would have guessed that Kaylee Cuoco would have been such a, a, an ideal fit for Harley Quinn. Yeah. And holy crap, man, sign me up. That, and, she sounds awesome. You know, this maybe speaks to you. that they've, already, they've said it even long before we saw this teaser that the Harley Quinn animated cartoon is going to be um, adult-oriented. It's, it's going to have a lot of raunchy humor. It's gonna, it would be R-rated if it you know, were a film. And I think, like I said earlier, I, I really think that Venom should have been R-rated. It should have kept that R-rating so it could have had um, you know, more crass, more um, violent content in it just so it could have a little bit more gravitas in what it was trying to do. Um, you know, Deadpool proved that R-rated superhero movies can make money. I, I think these studios need to stop being afraid of the R-rating if it actually fits the character. You know, yes. R-rated Wonder Woman. I don't want to see that. No. R-rated Venom. That would have been just fine. R-rated Logan. R- yeah, Logan. Um, you know, Punisher is going to do just fine um, with Netflix, obviously. But like an R-rated Punisher would make just, uh, would make plenty of sense. Um, there's R-rated Batman stories that would make sense. It all depends on the character, and Venom would have been one that fit the R rating just fine. But I joke was R right? Yes, it was. And now the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie next year is going to be R-rated. That's another thing. I, I think with this move with Venom, they were trying to make a traditional superhero blockbuster when it could have been less actiony and maybe more horror-like. Oh, and, for sure. And I, I think they maybe could have benefited going that route because one, you would have had a smaller budget because the genre doesn't dictate it quite as much, and two, you could have done something truly different, like. The Joker movie next year, they've said, is going to have a significantly smaller budget than any DCU movie, and it's going to be a very different take on like a superhero movie. It's not going to be a superhero movie. It's more of like a crime psychological thriller from the way they're describing it. Just it happens to be in that universe, right? And I think the you know these you know DC Marvel would benefit from maybe trying those types of movies better rather than just trying to make this traditional you know hero's journey kind of blockbuster action adventure. The problem is it's safe now. It is. And that's where it feels like Venom failed. Venom definitely played it too close to its chest. Because it was safe and, and, and yes. it almost felt like somebody panicked. Mm-hmm. Which sucks. It, it does suck. And again, I liked this movie. I'm telling you, I liked this movie. It's probably one of my... 
most favorite mediocre movies out there. <laughs> I don't know. That's uh, there is a so bad it's good quality to it. Like I said, there were plenty of moments where I laughed where the movie probably didn't want me to, but I still enjoyed it. <laughs> and, and with the horror elements too, like anytime the symbiote took over a different human, like it was dark and they looked mm-hmm. like zombies the way they moved. They basically implied that a little girl got. Oh yeah, okay, a little the girl, dog. A little girl did die. Let's put it that way. Which was hilarious. Oh, yeah, that's real hilarious. Ha, 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 the dog died. Okay, I'm, I wasn't sorry, saying that that was funny. I know, I know. I'm, well, I'm guess what? I'm saving that clip now. I'll, <laughs> but, I'll, I'll, I'll tell John Wick. No! <laughs> By the way, John Wick, Chapter 3, next May. Can't wait. Can't wait. Thanks. Can't wait. That new still of him on the horse. Why is he on a horse? It's just, it's so John Wick. If there was any, like... Horse. Maybe he's got a new uh, companion. Because he's awesome, that's why. That's because why. John Wick can do that. I I love, I adore John Wick Chapter 2. I can't even tell you. I It's so good. They've been so they've been great movies so far. It's so good. It's so much fun to watch. So happy for Keanu. <laughs> I love Keanu. Man. <laughs> Me too. He's awesome. I always root for him. <laughs> you gotta root for him. So, uh, with Venom, you know, I, I think it's safe to say we feel, you know, it's at least with the the word of mouth right now, or how it's being portrayed online and social media, it's it's maybe a little bit overkill. I, I it, again, not yeah. a good movie, but definitely not bottom of the barrel. You know, where we're seeing with like Suicide Squad and things like that. There's there's far worse out there. Let's put it that way. Yeah, go see this if you have any appeal towards superhero movies, towards Venom and. We have a ton of Venom fans in our crowd tonight, really rooting that on. We our, our theater even applauded at the end of the movie. So if you know for whatever that's worth to you, go see it. Um, with the the rest of the cast and crew, we'll kind of get you here. Um, Riz Ahmed w- was in there, and I did not realize it was Riz, even though I watched that trailer probably a hundred times in seeing the different movies. And is a big Star Wars fan. Riz was Bodhi Rook in Rogue One. So it's funny that just the facial hair made the difference for me. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, M- it makes him look like he's he looks- in his early 20s. <laughs> Man. <laughs> he, he So he's 35, right? Right, he's 35, but he looks like he could be in college. The dude's going to age well. Yeah, he already has aged well. When, when he's 50, he's going to probably look like 28. But yeah. good for him. <laughs> uh, some of his dialogue, cheesy. Not his fault. Uh he, I, I never cared or felt threatened or intimidated by it. Even when he threatened um, his lead scientist, basically yeah. with her children. Yeah. Like, also on a, another note, I thought it, you know, to each their own. But I thought it was poor writing and poor performance how they kind of attacked the the Isaac story because that's not how the Isaac story, for what it's worth, uh-huh. plays out in the Bible. Okay. <laughs> so that was like. Again, you gotta get your influences correct. Is what you're saying? Yes. Okay. It's, it's one thing to go after it and kind of imply that you're God, but to like get the literature right. Like, my gosh, please, please, if you're a Christian or not, get it right. Couldn't even do the allegory correct. That's huh? what I'm saying. Like, it's it's wrong. Yeah. So that's he, that's a a, a, mis- a stupid mistake. I love Reason Man, but Dar- Carlton Drake in this was almost as bad as Darren Cross did. Yes, he was. Let me put it that. That's that's where I couldn't. The whole movie trying to put my finger on it. He was just a completely vanilla. 
villain, you know, this stupid, super rich megalomaniac um, who's just absorbed and obsessed with his scientific experiments. There was no substance to it whatsoever. You ever feel in the same thing? Even you know, Darren freaking he, he turns the, a guy into goo and flushes him down the toilet, and I still didn't care about him. Yeah, he Darren Gross is possibly the worst MCU villain. And Reza Med uh, as Carlton Drake, and, and again, no offense to Reza Med, you're a great actor, but Carlton Drake in this was almost as bad as that. Yeah, I feel like it wasn't his fault. <laughs> uh, you know what? We've always we did a ranking of the top MCU villains. Uh-huh. I feel like we need to do uh, of the worst ones. And uh, he's not MCU, but right. well, Darren was. We just do Marvel villains. What the hell? Why yeah, not? We should do it. I, I think there's two Ghost Rider movies we can pull from. You know, on my list of most embarrassing Blu-rays that I own is probably the first Ghost Rider. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I have no idea why I own that movie. I uh, yeah. I don't know. No, at least he wasn't Jesse Eisenberg's left with Lex Luthor. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, again, I own BBS, so this is just not voting well. Well, beyond you have the director's cut. Yes, which is yes. a different movie, basically. Black and white. <laughs> totally different. Um, so Riz, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm a fan, but didn't didn't work out so well no, here. Sorry, kid. Um, you're 35, but I'll call you a kid still. <laughs> you're, you're seven years older than me, but I'm still going to call you a kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Michelle Williams, I felt like, had some of the worst dialogue again. Oh, 100%. Like, really bad. Like, seriously, like the room, the room dialogue. Like, Go look up some. I, I did an article at thegeekers.com. Just search the room of some of the the worms. The, the worms now. <laughs> this is a spinoff of the room. Uh, the room's worst dialogue and moments. And uh, man, I did she not have chemistry with Tom Hardy? Also, I don't really know what was going on there. <laughs> I, yeah, I think her character was just very poorly written. I like. There, there were some oh hi doggy moments. For, yeah, like yeah, and like she seemed to accept it way too quickly that. Eddie was consumed by this alien parasite thing. Like, if I okay, if I walk into my former employer employer's headquarters and I see my ex boyfriend trans- transformed into this eight foot um, churning mass of black flesh and other goo, tearing apart SWAT officers and other anti terrorist um, officers. My first reaction is to get the hell out of Dodge, and yet she basically stayed there and talked to Eddie as if they were just doing a regular reconciliation. It was just the weirdest thing. Um, uh, I, I don't remember the exact wording of it, but she said at one point, that's bullshit, something along those lines. And it just sounded so awkward. Like, you would not be saying this if you were actually in, the situa- in this situation. You would be curling up into a corner, locking your doors, closing your blinds, trying to escape from the outside world. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Maybe that's another one where, you know, it, other parts that she may have filmed were cut out and her character just didn't come up. Her, her character arc in accepting that Eddie was, you know, consumed by the symbiote was um, just naturally... It just seemed like she. It just seemed like she accepted this outrageous, otherworldly circumstance way too quickly. Like I would have been freaking the hell out if I was her, and she didn't. I think that's a, a vic- That character is a victim of the beginning. We talked about yeah. how quickly she was. Everything fell apart. 
she was out of a job and then she just she just left him because of that? Like, come on. Well, I, I would too, honestly. He, no! He was a jerk. And I think that's, that's another... That's not that bad. Oh, that was pretty bad, dude. I think that's one of the other problems with Eddie Brock in this movie. Like, one of the very first things we get to see of him is him invading her privacy. And, like, this is our hero. That's kind of bad. I agree that that is not a good thing to do, but I don't know if that's relationship ending. Yeah. Man. To a fiancé? She did lose her job, dude. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, it's a mess for sure, but I don't know. Um, I felt like... Again, I've seen dudes get slapped for far less than that. Yeah, one right here. That's <laughs> why I have the beard. So I, I, I have I, the I think, no, I think Laura's more of a punch kind of girl. She is. She's got a mean punch. She's, she's got, got these tiny fists of fury. She's got, a, she's got a good right hook. She does. And the left. But I felt like even, let's say, stuff was cut for her, that it was still not good what no. was there. No. It didn't feel like stuff was stuff could have been added back to the movie to make it better. That's where I'm at with her. Her as female Venom was not something that I saw coming. That's I not, enjoyed that little scene, by the way. We'll get to that in one second. That's another thing, though. Like She readily accepted being <laughs> you know, taken over by There's Venom. There's something wrong with her. Yeah. yeah. But that scene was odd to say the least <laughs> i i you did like kramer uh, it was odd prior to seeing the movie i did see um quips across the internet that venom made out with eddie um i thought that we, that was like a joke like right. venom was in in love and they kind of make fun of it later i guess uh-huh just like it was your buddy's idea that's kind of funny that he likes eddie so much that he would you know whatever almost is uh, almost as awkward as Michael Fassbender making out with Michael Fassbender. In Dude, <laughs> don't even. That's not I said, the same. Oh, I said almost. Not even close. It's not, it's not quite there, but it's almost. That is messed up. I've now seen two unbelievably bizarre uh, make-out sequences in blockbuster genre films in the last two years. <laughs> and yet not not in a Deadpool movie. No, no right? <laughs> What is going on? Like, if there's one superhero that would be so into himself, you know, I don't, or or person in, in the case of Alien, but like, I don't know, man. So Michelle Williams, like, there, a, there was no saving the Michael Fassbender moment. No, it's messed up. But with Michelle Williams too, like, I felt like when I heard she was going to be in the movie, and even the first trailer, I was really excited. Mm-hmm. Um, and where we went with her was just. Like, man, it, it, it was probably one of the worst parts. And again, not her fault so much. I feel like just a culmination of a few few bad factors. But, uh, yeah. In, in terms of the rest of the cast, is there anyone else noteworthy that you wanted to mention? I, I think it's kind of... It's a very small cast, so that's yeah. one thing to keep in mind. There really small are... Movie. There are not a lot of named characters in here. Um a big part of that is that our two main characters, Eddie Brock and Venom, are you know played by the same actor and Tom voiced Hart- by right, Hardy. right, voiced by Tom Hardy. So that's like you already have two main characters there. That's taking you know that's kind of using up some of what a cast would normally be. The movie is only an hour and a half, like we described numerous times now. So you're not going to have a lot yeah. of time to show a lot of characters in there. Um, I think really the only one that really deserves any kind of mention is. Uh, Woody Harrelson appearing as Cletus Cassidy in the post-credits scene. Who, I, I didn't know that he was in that. I did hear that Woody Harrelson was in the movie. I didn't know what role he had, though. Um, so that's 
kind of a pleasant surprise. I, I, I can't really say any more than that because I have no idea where this franchise is going. Um, I love Woody Harrelson as an actor, and he does play one hell of a villain. He's turned so, into one of my favorite actors in, in recent memory. Just the, you know, the thing with Carnage is that if they want to, if they, if Sony keeps doing PG thirteen movies, they're not going to do Carnage justice because Carnage is one of the sickest, most twisted villains humanly possible. Um, it's not going to work. No, it's not going to work. And I don't know. You, you, you wonder it. if they'll even go there. I know it's. And yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. So another connection I didn't make is that Ruben Fleischer, who who directed the film, was Zombieland's director. Right. You know, yeah. it makes a little bit more sense uh -huh. now. Uh, by the way, also, I'm excited for Zombieland 2. Which he is directing. And coming out next year with the original cast. Yeah. I'm really excited about that. That is one of my uh, favorite movies that just falls, it flies under the radar constantly. That's maybe a perfect example of what Venom should have strived for because Zombieland, Zombieland didn't relent on the you know the more gruesome and lewd, raunchy kind of content. But it didn't go but, for it, right? But it was still fun. Yes. Like I feel like Venom was trying to be fun, and in doing so, it sacrificed that outrageous, you know, non-kid friendly kind of content that it could have had. Mm -hmm. Like Zombieland is not bleak. It's not you know depressing. It's a fun movie. But it kept, it managed to keep that R rating. Like it used that adult content to make adult humor. I think you put it really nicely earlier, and I'm kind of going to paraphrase off of that uh, to a point where you said when you're talking about superheroes, like you don't want to see an R rated Wonder Woman. I agree that I think a movie shouldn't aspire to be an R film, but it shouldn't let it hold it back. Sure. Um, don't like, be afraid of the R rating. If you get it, you have it. <laughs> if it's good, it's good. Uh, so like Logan needed to, and it Logan would have been a different movie if it was held back by the R rating right. or by a PG thirteen rating. Deadpool doesn't exist. It doesn't work in his case because of how he is, who he is, how raunchy he is, and gory. Let's be honest. Yeah if you don't do an R-rated movie. And maybe that's not for you, and that's fine. But it is what it is. Right. Venom probably would have benefited from having that R-rating. Yeah. Which it, is what we're getting at. You know, it's having an R-rating doesn't necessarily mean you're being juvenile. It's not that you're just splashing gore on the screen for the heck of it to gross people out. There are, Correct. There are ways to utilize... Um, you know, you know, gratuitous or gruesome content, and use it to procure genuine emotion from the audience. So, a bad or a good example of, from my point of view, and I'm probably in the minority, of an entity or, or an IP that goes for an R rating is Game of Thrones. I don't think they need to do. And granted, I'll. I'll preface this by saying I only watched pretty much the first three seasons, so we're way past that in the timeline. I do not like Game of Thrones because I feel like the dialogue from the show, as well as the content, whether it's graphic or the kind of, to a point, unnecessary sexual nature, pushes it to the R rating because every week it seems like, how can we get people talking about what happened on Game of Thrones? Whereas I want a good fantasy story that is beautiful for its writing, like a Lord of the Rings. Yeah. 
you know, in, in Lord of the Rings head, it's, it's moments that are kind of gross, if you will, whether it was blood or cutting off an orc's head, but you know what? It was, it was still alert. Sorry. Alert. Yeah. Uh, it, it would have been an, an, a PG 13 movie. I don't, I don't need them to go for that shock factor, but I feel like game of Thrones is the, the exact antithesis of what I'm, I would want to avoid with that. Granted, it's super popular and tons of people around the world love it. And it's one of the most popular HBO shows of all time. Yeah. So clearly I'm in the minority and it sells. Well, I'm with you, but I've made my thoughts known on Game of Thrones many times before, so I will save that for another podcast. Yeah, we, we could we could talk about that all day. And there's plenty of the, the Geekiverse that loves it. Right. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's good. That's just my opinion. Yeah, but that's the beauty of, of what we've got with geek culture right now. We've got a lot of really good things going on. Um, with Venom, so $100 million budget right. is what Variety was reporting, which is nothing to sneeze at. So, we, you know, they've, they've, they'll make it back. They'll make their money. They'll make a profit. They're just kind of low. I mean, low-ish for a blockbuster, too. That's or, not right. crazy high. With what we've seen with Star Wars and Avengers sure. and this and, and you know, even some of the DC movies. Yeah, those have had crazy budgets for a couple of them. Yeah, this is not outrageous. It, it's it's hell. You know, even like Kong Skull Island, I think was like one sixty. Oh really? Like that? Pretty big ensemble cast there. Right. I would say maybe even more. It might have been one eighty now that I think about it. Including one Brie Larson and man, Captain Marvel looks good. Yeah, I'm very excited for that. I could have gone into Captain Marvel never having seen that trailer and been excited, but after seeing what we've seen. I just love the tone of the trailer. Oh, um, I love the tagline. There's, there's really no jokes in it. What, I like that. I want to. I want to see something serious. So that's actually a question or a point that I wanted to bring up. Let's talk about superhero movies, particularly in uh, comedy. Okay, where are you going with this? A lot of times, I feel like I love the comedy in these movies, and I think a lot of times you don't. Not necessarily true. And that's why I said I think. Not necessarily true. Um, I, I do. I, I think I, I know where you're coming, but I want to hear you talk about your feelings on comedy and how it's intertwined, or I, how it could be too much in terms of perception. I I think it's just it's all you know moderate you know everything in moderation. Um, there are times where, um, in especially recent MCU movies, where I think they lean on a little too much, especially in sequences where it's supposed to be heart pounding or emotional. Um, I don't mind comedy whatsoever. I mean, I laugh anytime I watch a Marvel movie and they're genuine laughs. Um, moments that bug me and one of the biggest culprits is one that I've targeted in the past is Guardians of the, Guardi- sorry, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Um, especially like at the end where they're doing the kind of send off to Yondu. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very somber, very serious moment, and it's just killed by Drax making fun of Mantis again. And now I know what you might say, Guardians of the Galaxy, it's always been goofy, but like the original Guardians of the Galaxy started off with one of the most depressing scenes in Marvel history. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a single joke in that flashback to Peter Quill's no. childhood, no. where his mom dies. There's no jokes where... Um, you know, they come together at the end and he says, we're the Guardians of the Galaxy. And then immediately afterwards, where Rocket is just sobbing over Groot's death. Or like where Groot says, we are Groot. There's no joke there. No. I, you know, 
keep the jokes, but I would prefer to see jokes kept out of the in the more serious moments. Um, because it can ruin them. But yeah, right. But then at the same time, there is a difference between that and, you know, Batman versus Superman, which maybe has one or two jokes throughout the entire movie. Right. I think, personally, Wonder Woman struck an incredibly good balance as far as humor and austerity went. And really, all very minimal humor, but when it was there, it, because of the tone of the movie, it was more prominent. Which one are we talking about? Wonder again? Woman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in, with respect to Guardians of the Galaxy, so it's, if you if you read my stuff on the Geekiverse or you, you hear the podcast, I love Guardians. It's my favorite. I felt like Guardians Volume 2, um, they knew they were funny from the first one. They didn't know how it was going to be perceived, and they were like overconfident, maybe, yeah. going into But let me ask you this. So you said towards the end with... Um, with the death scene, you said there with Yandu. Yeah, like his funeral, if you want to call it that. I don't recall him making fun of Mantis. I thought he gave her a compliment at that point. Well, it was a Drax compliment, <laughs> which is pretty big. It was like a backhanded compliment okay. because he says okay. something to the effect of "You're beautiful," even though you're. Oh, dead. and he goes on the inside. Right. Okay, I understand. And that's obviously okay. a joke. And then see, Thor Ragnarok did the same thing. It ends on a joke. After this. You know, cataclysmic, you know, happening in Asgard, where Asgard Asgard's literally gone. gets destroyed. Yeah. And the movie, uh, unless you count the end credits, ends on a joke. So, I I completely see what you're saying. Right. And I agree. I just didn't feel that way about some some of the the, the moments you mentioned. Not all of them, but I so, would one say with Ragnarok. I don't mean to cut you off. Um. I. I loved it so much when we saw it and thought it was so funny. And the emotional moments like that didn't bother me where it felt like they were maybe ruining the impact. I loved it even more, which I didn't think was possible after seeing Infinity War because I realized they knew what was coming and that we were going to need a movie like Ragnarok because in Infinity War had its funny moments, obviously, all yes, throughout, yes it did. all throughout. Yes, it did. Whether it's Iron Man saying, hey, Squidward. Or, I love that. That's one of my favorite lines of the MCU. <laughs> I, I, yeah, it's amazing. Or even when he cuts him off and goes, Earth is closed today. Like, he, it, it works. Now, I genuinely, it's maybe my favorite MCU moment. I'm, I maybe even tear up when Thor arrives in Wakanda. That was pretty cool. And I, I remember seeing the movie and even watching it probably three times on Blu-ray since it came out. Watching that scene and getting so excited, getting the goosebumps, the whole thing, feeling emotional. But I don't feel like Bruce Banner's line there ruins it. He laughs and goes, you're all screwed. And that's hilarious. It was like almost the perfect balance to me. I will say exactly what I was going to say before you cut me off, which is not a big deal. I'm sorry. Two weeks is all. Yes, I agree. I, it's just something I always wanted to talk about with you on, on sure. this. So, like, Deadpool. What do you think about Deadpool? I, I, I'm not a huge Deadpool fan, and I've never been. This is not, I, I, it's not just the movies. I've never been a big fan of the Deadpool character to begin with. Um, I, I, can, I understand why Deadpool is the way he is, because the entire movie, like, I don't go into Deadpool expecting a point, <laughs> right. like, like a poignant yeah. movie. 
Um, it's not your cup of tea. That's no. all there is to it. Like, you know, I wouldn't want to have seen Man of Steel have a lot of jokes in it. Me and neither. I, that's, one th- you know, that's one thing that um, some of its detractors hit it for, and I disagree intensely with some of the criticism that that movie gets. Um, but on the other hand, you know, when we see Birds of Prey next year, sorry, when it starts filming next year and then released in 2020, the Harley Quinn movie alongside like Huntress and Black Canary, I expect and kind of want that to have a lot of humor because I Harley Quinn is not a character that is going to hit me with a lot of thought-provoking themes and, you know, emotional depth. No. I want Harley to make me laugh. I want to roll my eyes at some of the just ridiculous things she does. Yeah. It all depends on the it all It goes back to what we discussed earlier. It all depends on the character. I, I feel good having that discussion because, like, I, I know certain individuals who will automatically write off a superhero movie just because of the humor, which is hard because a lot of them have it these days. Right. And we even saw it in Venom. At least they were trying for it. Yeah. Whether you thought it was funny or not. Now, see, it's interesting because there are people online that were bashing the Captain Marvel trailer because there wasn't any see, jokes in that. And that boggles my mind. It and, didn't need right. it. Right. And people are saying, like, oh, Brie Larson doesn't show any emotion whatsoever in the trailer. Disagreed. Right. And like, I, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's nuts it, to it, me. It, you know, that trailer, obviously, it has plenty of fans, well-deserved. I think it looks great. Um, it is far more divided than any MCU trailer that I can remember. That's crazy. Because it's usually it's just, it's unanimous. Right. Nobody, nobody has a bad thing to say about an MCU trailer with good reason most of the Mm -hmm. time. But this one has far more detractors than I've seen that I can remember in recent times. And people are kind of hitting on it for that very austere, very somber tone, which I love though. I I think, and honestly, I think it feels a little fresh because the MCU, yeah, the MCU has, um, relied on a lot of humor mm-hmm. for better or for worse mm-hmm. that is up to you however mm-hmm. you see it but it does feel a little refreshing to have a uh mcu movie that might be a little uh little more reserved a little more down to earth and for what it's worth i don't know when we got thor humor really wasn't I mean, granted there were moments of humor in the original thor movie. right the first two right but they were few and far between, and Thor was a, a meathead. He was this tough guy out of out of place. Like on, when he was on Earth, there was there was comedy because he he would do certain things that just humans wouldn't do. Yeah, he doesn't get the culture. But then he evolved, even in like the Avengers, um, like when he says Loki's adopted. Uh, there's certain bits of humor that he'll say in dialogue throughout the Age of Ultron, and when we get to Ragnarok, obviously he's completely different. Yeah, but I wonder. Ragnarok as a movie is a completely different in tone just from all of Dark that. World and the original Thor. You wonder if Captain Marvel is that same way. She's a person out of place, out of time, yeah. in a way, and maybe eventually, a few movies down the road, she gets there. I'm fine. I'm I'm fine with an intense thing. Yeah. I want them to treat Avengers Four so seriously, yeah. and it seems like they have because of the the events in Infinity War. But you'll need those emotional lifts in the form of comedy when you can so i'm happy to hear you talk about it in in this light because i like i said i've had other people that are just like no no the comedy cheapens it but not if you not right make me laugh in the middle of wonder woman when steve trevor and diana are on the boat talking about sexual relations yes don't make me laugh when steve trevor sacrificed himself at the climax no absolutely not don't make me laugh during that moment because i would argue that's poor writing right yes all right
Good. We're on the same page, folks. See? You just get two people in a room and you talk. It's good. So, uh, any anything else that we want to touch on Venom now? No, I, I think we covered most of it. Um, what did you think, probably last thought, on the appearance of Venom and the, the overall CG sure. and the action sequences? I thought Venom's like visual design was great. Yeah. Uh, I, I really like him. I've always loved the character. Even when I was even when I was a little kid, I wasn't a, I like I never liked superheroes as a little kid. Like Godzilla and Giant Monsters are my thing. So I didn't really get into superheroes until I was in high school. But I, mean, I always I always liked Venom just for his appearance. Yeah. As a little kid, I don't know why, but I just I, I always liked him for some reason. I thought he looked really cool here. Um technically the CGI was good. I thought artistically it was a little messy at times. I got a total Transformers vibe, like especially when Ryan and Venom were fighting, because I couldn't tell what the hell was happening sometimes. It was just a splatter of color, of you know, these jagged, amorphous edges all the time. I'm with you. I couldn't see certain things. Right. I was I was seriously like putting my glasses up and down. I'm like, is it me? Yeah, just the, uh, their shapes yeah. are so indistinct when you have them, you know, just mashing against each other, and especially with um, rapid cuts. Yeah. up close shots yeah. like it, it looked good when they slowed it down and you saw the two symbiotes like kind of stretching away from carlton drake and tom hardy there are a couple shots where it kind of like froze and you could see the symbiotes kind of like rip, being ripped away from the human bodies that looked great when it was just the fast paced them you know kind of going toe-to-toe up close and personal i, I couldn't tell what was going on yeah i'm with you and it's funny because i think to a scene like we see in Wakanda for Infinity War. And there is a lot going on and a lot of digital characters on screen. And I always felt like I could see everything clearly. And it was it was all distinct. Yeah. Even though that's a large-scale battle. And this was more of a one-on-one or one-two, if you look at it that way. It really goes to show how art direction is just as important as the mechanical details of yeah. no visuals. The Venom himself, anytime he appeared looked really good no i loved it I, when I, it was just distinct right i love the the facial expression the way even um when right after the the building sequence in the middle of the movie where venom's at the top of the building and he ends up falling yeah and then he has a conversation after they swim across the, the river there that looked really good too yeah, that could have been something that was botched yeah you like when venom first debuted in the comics he was he was basically just like a bigger buffer Spider-Man. Like he was all solid. He was, you know, one kind of shape, one kind of form. Um, over the years, then he kind of, his appearance kind of evolved in this like um, like liquid kind of viscous kind of appearance where it looks like like it looks like his skin is constantly undulating. Mm-hmm. It's constantly like kind of like flowing off of him instead of wearing a suit. Right. Yeah. And I'm really glad they took that appearance for this movie he did a great job with that but like, yeah. actually you described it perfectly like he was just wearing a suit before whereas he became this like kind of like uh liquid entity if, if you will. yeah no that's a good way to put it too and i, I, I prefer that for venom because i think it just it fits the character and the concept of the character so well i think they really nailed it it was mm-hmm. nice even like with the eyes like that could have looked bad and it did because it had that glossy almost like icing kind of look yeah and yeah yeah Kudos to, to them on, on getting that done. Tongue, getting it done right. The tongue was good. Yeah. Well, you would say that. I, um, I can't believe you said that. I can't believe you said that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. i got to listen back Context to this. There's so many. is everything, <laughs> ladies and There's gentlemen. There's so many, so many moments, uh, so many clips from this that I can just take. Uh, yeah. The um, 
<laughs> I'm sorry. We're so off the rails. <laughs> we're, we're off the rails here. Venom, uh, you know, there was, I said that was the last thing, but I actually do it one more. Did you see a little bit of a contrast in how, so the way Peter Parker is, how he's kind of, he's got like this punk humor to him. How I thought uh, sometimes that played into Eddie Brock tonight. And I can't think of an example that I can cite, but I remember thinking during the movie, there was like a parallel between the two, between Spider-Man and Venom. That's where, interesting because that's, I, I don't think that's what they were going for. I don't think so either, but there was like, a, like an unintentional way that Tom Hardy yeah. made a few jokes that felt very Peter Parker to me. That's not what the character, characters of Eddie Brock and Venom are supposed to be. No, but I thought that that was just kind of something that stuck out to me. Maybe if I see it again or, you know, people when that comes to home video, that'll be something that I revisit. Unintentional ramifications, what can you say? Yeah, that's right. So we're going to wrap things up on our, our Venom spoiler cast here uh, again, in, in summary, we enjoyed the movie. Not necessarily a good one per se, if we're looking critically, but go see it yourself. Make that judgment for yourself. Don't necessarily listen to what the internet's telling you there, because uh, uh, you never know. You might be disappointed. You might be surprised. The only opinion that is... Wait, hold on. I, I said this to someone the other day. I just got to remember what I said exactly. The most important opinion to you should be your own. I agree. I think I said it that way. I don't remember. <laughs> Look at my Twitter. I said it, I said it to someone on Twitter. Well, there you go. Uh, and it's it's true. Uh, make your own. If you enjoy it, go enjoy it. If you don't, don't spend your money on it. That's all there is to it. Vote with your wallet, folks. Um, so, lots going on at the Geekiverse. Not as busy of a movie season as usual. Usually, we're like holding our breath here. However, next year, that's the year. That's that the crazier. That is right. the year, ladies and gentlemen. Let's do it right now. Okay, Just, here we go. We're going to make Yeah, a, sure. What the hell? Why not? So, off the top of our heads... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Give me one sec. I'll be right there in one gonna, sec. You're going to pull up the list yourself. Oh, I, I just need a couple reminders for earlier on. Okay. Trust me, I remember other ones. Let's go. I, I'm going to guess right now... Let's see, hang on. I, I'm going to say there's 15 movies you and I are seeing next year. Yeah, that's safe, but it honestly might be more. I like I have 18 in my head for some reason. All okay. Right. Are we going chronologically here? Yeah. All right. You go off the list. Um, glasses, the first one. That is January 18th. Okay. That is, it's bringing in Split, um, bringing in Mr. Glass from Unbreakable, the M. Night Shyamalan kind of superheroes in their own mashup. And you'll see a preview for that if you see Venom. Yes. Okay. I'll see that. Okay. All right. That's one. Okay. What's uh, next? Lego Movie 2. I'm definitely seeing February that. Eighth. Okay, yeah. No, I love the original for sure. Two. Okay, so I'm on number three now? Yeah. Okay, How to Train Your Dragon 3. Um, I that is February 22nd. I think the first two are amazing, so I, I'll probably check I them out. I never saw them, believe it or not. They're good movies. Very, very good. Very so, good family friendly movies, but fantastic for adults as well. I probably shouldn't see it. For the sake of our list, I'm going to leave it off. That's fine. Because I'll, I'll, I'll check off guaranteed. Nothing movies. wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Okay. Uh, March 8th is Captain Marvel. Yep. That's, we all know we're seeing. Check it off the list. Yes. Uh, I'm not going to go see it. I think some people will, though. Dumbo? Live action Dumbo? I probably will okay. see it, I'm but not. I'm not interested in seeing it. Well, that's just fine, because the week after that <laughs> is Shazam. Shazam will be there. Yeah, I can't wait for that. What, what is that April? That is April 5th. So, 
April 5th. When is Avengers? Hold on, we'll get to that. Okay, okay. Because the week following Shazam is Hellboy, which I'll go see. Oh, how can I not see it? Okay, Hellboy's going to be cool. Um, then you get Avengers 4 oh on May 3rd. I wonder if they bumped it up again. I, I'm, I'm wondering the same thing. I feel like they're going to. Yeah. And, honestly, if they can cut into any market share with Shazam, I think they'll do it. They'll, they'll, <laughs> they'll try. I mean, look, a dog-eat-dog world. All right, so that's six. May, I mean, if, if Avengers stays in May, May is one hell of a month. May 17th is John Wick Chapter 3, Par- <laughs> Parabellum. <laughs> yep. It's called Parabellum? Yeah. I didn't know that. It's Latin for prepare for war. Oh, my gosh, that's great. I'm really scared. I'm really I'm, excited now. I'm, I'm really excited, but I'm also really scared, man. You think this is it? I think this is I it. I think this is it. I'm so scared. I don't want to see it, but I think it's going to happen. If it's going to be the end, it's going to yeah, be the noblest event. Let him go down a place of glory. Yeah. All right, so that's seven movies so far. This is another one I'm not going to go see, but I'm sure it's going to make plenty of money. May 24th is the Aladdin live-action movie. So we're getting Dumbo and Aladdin that close? Yes. She's the for now. For now. I feel like well, Dark, Fe- Dark Phoenix gets delayed every other week, so hey, you never know when a movie. Or every other day. Yeah. So Dumbo, we've got a trailer for. Yes. I thought we got a teaser. I don't know about a full trailer. Okay. I really don't know. But nothing for Aladdin. No. Okay, so Aladdin could be almost still. positive we haven't seen anything for Aladdin yet. Okay, so you and I seven that yeah. we'll see. Okay, keep moving. May thirty first, Godzilla King of the Monsters. Of course, I'm going to see that with you. I gotta see a Godzilla movie. I am so, bringing everybody humanly possible to that movie. Jeff, if, if I haven't Jenny, seen, no, has a, a financial stake in the movie. <laughs> Basically, I am bringing. If I know you and you're interested in this movie, I am dragooning you to come see this. I really movie saw Kong Island. Skull Island just because I was being a supportive friend. No, I, I wanted to see it. Yeah. I wanted to see one with Pavlok because there are few things greater in the geek world than seeing this man's face light up for a monster movie. Yeah, let me tell you. Yeah. Yes. All right, so we're at eight, and we're not even halfway through the year? Is that um, correct? Yes, because okay. now we get into June 7th, and this was a recent one, Dark Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you can't... Oh, I can't poor, believe they did that. That poor movie, man. Oh. It's, it, it's, it's a punchline at this point. Yeah, it sucks. It does. Uh, but that's June 7th. It, Tentatively, it's June seventh. Right now, it's June seventh. By the time you're listening to this, it may be July or later. You know, it, it's that launches the same day as Secret Life of Pets two. And I gotta be honest, if this keeps up, Secret Life of Pets two might outgross it that weekend. Oh, it might. It very well might. You know, all the kids are gonna go see Secret Life of Pets two. They're gonna bring their parents. Yeah. It's. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we'll be at Dark Phoenix if it's uh, out that day. June fourteenth is Men in Black. Yeah. Hemsworth, uh, right? Uh, Chris and Tessa uh, reunited. Uh, all right, all right. We won't, we won't include it. I'll be seeing it. I mean, I like the Men in Black movies for the most part, but uh, Chris Hemsworth is hilarious. Uh, to me. Okay, well, June twenty fourth is Toy Story four, where all of the grown men are gonna cry. We will it. be there. <laughs> we'll be there. That's ten. I so Tim Allen was interviewed the other day. He said it. He could. He had a very, very hard time. Oh, really? Getting through the, the his last day of work there. Oh no. Great. So, how do they top yeah, I know. three with the? I know. You know. You know. You know how it goes. Yep. Okay, so we're at ten. You're about to be at eleven because July fifth is Spider-Man: Far From Home. Okay, so ten halfway through the year. Yes. If we're okay. Oh, man. It's a good thing I've got all these Rico points. Okay. 
Spider-Man Far From Home. That's we'll be there for sure. July nineteenth is the Lion King live action. Oh my gosh! Is if it's live action, I don't know how they're doing that exactly. It yeah. is live action. Yeah. I don't know how they're doing it. Yeah. But there you go. Well, are we are we marking that one? I I, I don't. I'm I, I'm not. I'm not a big Disney guy to begin with, so I'm not going to be jumping at the pit to go see that. No. But people are. People are going to go see but it. I'm just so talking about it. The, the criteria for me marking a movie down is that you and I know right now we'll be there. Okay. So um, I don't know that we'll be there. Whatever. We'll be exhausted from the first 11 movies we saw. Tonight. Right. Okay. So skip. August 2nd, I may go see Hobbs and Shaw, which is a spinoff from the Fast and Furious movies starring Jason Statham and The Rock. Their two characters from their, their from the Fast and Furious movies are okay, getting their own okay. movie. I'm not um, a guarantee for that. That same day, that same weekend, tentatively, is the New Mutants. <laughs> Again, another punchline. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh God, Dora the Explorer. The live action is also that same weekend. What is happening? Yeah. Why is like all these live actions? Are you on like some live action prank website? No. Okay. So next April Fools, we're gonna do live action. I mean, okay. Write write this down. Remember uh-huh. it. Live action SpongeBob. <laughs> oh, God. Well, look, we already got Squidward and with Blackmore and uh, Avengers. We do. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Let's jump a month. Um, September 6th, I'm 100% seeing it, Chapter 2. Over yeah, I won't be there. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just not. There's no way around I it. I loved the remake last year. I can't wait for the second one. <sighs> We're falling behind pace here. Uh, yeah, because then the next one that I think you and I are both going to go see is October 4th, The Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. That is, te- that's scheduled for, that's got to be a pencil bending. No, I think they hit that because they're filling it right now. Yeah. And yeah. again, th- that's, you okay. know, we talked about earlier how, it's, you know, it's more fast nowadays. Well, not not even that. Just like you know, I said earlier, more you know, more DC Marvel movies should maybe shy away from being you know blockbuster action adventures and explore other genres. That's not going to have a lot of post production, I don't think, because the but they already said the budget is significantly lower, and it's it's more of like a crime thriller. So there's not going to be a lot of you know visual effects and CGI to edit in post production. They're going to wrap this up filming before the end of the year. They could easily get that out in October next year. It's not like, you know, yeah. Aquaman is one that they've talked about. James Wan is, you know, literally literally, probably at this moment, he is sitting at a computer editing editing the visual effects of Aquaman. You're not going to see that with Joker. No, you're right. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. So, so I, I, a year from yesterday. Yes. Well. Tell the folks at home what day it is right now that we're recording. Uh, October 5th is right. when we're recording so this. So just in case so you're Friday listening night. and it's not October 5th. It is not now October you, 5th. Now you know. Oh, Joker movie, Joker. I mean, definitely going to be there. Uh, so, Joaquin Phoenix, I'm very much into the idea of this. Yeah. Any I'm, any crazy predictions, like like your last uh, Joker oh prediction? Well, okay, yeah, that that was that was partially <laughs> satire in my defense. <laughs> oh, I, I we said have a revisionist Leto, history. I here. said Jared Leto was going to be the best live action Joker ever of all time. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jeff had optimism, and I appreciate it. Yeah. He was wrong, but I, I appreciate it. I, 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 from what we've seen, what little we have seen so far, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, I'm totally getting a mashup of Cesar Romero and Heath Ledger's portrayals of the character. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. I one. love it. Uh, Zombieland 2 is October 11th, so yes. that's the week following. Yes. So there we go. Oh, get your Twinkies. Um, November 1st, then, is Wonder Woman 1984. We'll be there. Yep. 
that might be a two. Wasn't for Godzilla, movie. that would be my number one in next year. Sorry, Beast takes over the beauty in that one for me. <laughs> uh, the week following that is Kingsman 3, November 8th. Oh, I forgot! That is such a pleasant surprise because that was announced almost immediately after Bond 25 got delayed to 2020. Because Bond Those wouldn't have worked so well together. Probably not. Yeah. Space um, them out. There are not many movies like yeah. either of them. Because Bond 25 was supposed to be late November, but after the hubbub with the director, they bumped it to, I think it's now Valentine's Day 2020. They decided to give us a break. Yes. But you know what? The last action movie to come out on Valentine's Day that I loved? That was Chip. Well, there you go. And the year before that, Deadpool. Oh, wow. <laughs> We've had a great few Valentine's Days. But I will take a Kingsman 3 in place of Bond if you know Bond has to That's a nice filler there. You know, I, I like that. Kingsman. Yeah. Are you going to go see Frozen 2? Basically, everyone else in the world is. But... I'm going to see Frozen 2. Okay, that's... And you know what? So when, when is that? November 27th. <laughs> I was going to say, I do have a, a little girl, but uh, yeah, she won't be there. I'm going to see it. <laughs> Well, it's fine, because two weeks later, we're definitely going to see Jumanji. This, oh, yeah! It's technically Jumanji 3, but I was about to call it Jumanji 2, just because I don't... I, I barely I even associate I, I do. I barely even associate the, the latest one as a sequel. Yeah. Oh, God, I can't wait for it. <laughs> ah! We... When, when he... I, so... <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm cutting off Jeff again. I know what he was about to yeah. say, that, so that me and him have an obsession with the Jumanji, I, I don't want to say reboot, sequel, really. The buddy cop concept is what we love. because love, love it. Jackie it's how we see ourselves in we, life. It, is, it totally is. And it's our relationship, it's our friendship since we were well over a decade now. Almost half our lives. So the uh, Dwayne, <laughs> the Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart dynamic is our new Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan. It totally is. <laughs> Which, by the way, we're going to get a rush hour for at some point. I, it has to. Like, if that doesn't it's happening, ha- if that doesn't happen, my life won't feel complete. So, with possibly Brett writing her out, Jeff and I are going to write the script for that. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait. <laughs> Fingers crossed. But yes, so after 2017 was a, a comparable year to 2019 in, in terms of movies. I think 2019 looks more packed. But so last year we had our like our best movie year ever. We had just incredible blockbuster after incredible blockbuster. And by the time it was all done, we had Star Wars The Last Jedi a week before Christmas. We were exhausted. <laughs> we had covered so much for the Geekiverse. We had been to so many movies. Yeah. I, I want to say really we had done about 16 movies, 17. Something, it was something crazy. Yeah. We got just a wonderful end of the year, just tie the ribbon, Jumanji. Right. And our families went, so our, our parents went with us. It was just a nice little time a few days before Christmas. What a great little movie it was we laughed from start to finish and you're black how can you forget like he was great right that's the other yeah you know Karen Gillan it was they were all funny like we talk about the rock and Kevin Hart so much on that movie but Jack Black and you know Karen uh they were so funny too that's a movie that then and it did really well at the box office like really well almost a billion I think it was like 950 something like I'm that. I'm so happy it did well. So we saw the, the trailer. I think why we got to the idea of it is we saw the trailer like a hundred times. Yeah. They started playing it in like August or something. And I remember after seeing it maybe like the fifth time, Jeff kind of looked over to me and we're giggling after The Rock hits um, uh, Kevin Hart into the, the Rock, ironically. 
Jeff kind of just goes, are, are we seeing this? <laughs> and I'm like, yes! Yes, we are seeing it! Like, that was the definition of a pleasant surprise movie, because it was not on my radar, everyone doubted it, because it was a sequel to We didn't to a even think it was going right. to be that good. Right, and then it, it turned out to be, honestly, one of like, the most enjoyable movies that I saw last year. It's like, we laughed from start to finish. That is... I'm telling you right now, like my Black Friday movie purchase this year, because Best Buy always does their deal, uh-huh. and it's like $5 Blu-rays. That is clearly going to be one of them. Oh, mama, sign me up. Yeah, Jumanji. See how much we're talking about it in contrast to all the mo- other movies that we've mentioned? Yeah, really. I'm pretty sure we talked about that more than any other movie that we've mentioned so far. We, we didn't do a review or a spoiler cast for Jumanji, because again, we were just exhausted. We've got it for this one. Yeah. We've just got it. So, um, okay. I've marked that down. What's you, next? You know what is next. We, do, we don't have a title for the movie yet. You know what is next. Go, Qui-Gon! So that was me saying Qui-Gon to do all the fates. But what I was implying was Star Wars Episode Nine. So um, I feel like we'll get a title for that in February. I have no reason to know or think that. That's just my hunch. You're just throwing it out there. What the, the hell? The Why force. not? What the hell? And the force is with me. So are there any other movies? In the in the calendar year, um, that might be it, unless we get another surprise. Yeah. But Jumanji's coming out before Star Wars. Yes, it is the week before. Ah, I wanted to come out after because again, we'll we'll be emotionally exhausted. Well, I mean, we, uh, Gal Gadot might be in Death on the Nile if you want to see that after. No. Okay, well, fine. <laughs> I'll go see it. Then. I do love Gal Gadot. I do love Gal Gadot too. So uh, Call of the Wild, no, because I'm just gonna cry. No. No, no, any, no, no. Any movie with a dog, I don't care. Even if the dog lives at the end, I'm going to cry at some point. You can watch a movie and see a thousand humans die, literally, and then see a dog die, and then you only remember the dog. I refuse to see War Horse for about... Speaking of dogs. Yeah, <laughs> six or seven years after it came out, because I was terrified at the prospect of the horse dying. Um, the horse didn't, doesn't actually... Spoiler alert. The horse doesn't actually die, you know, in combat or anything like that. Um... But that that was just one movie that I was I knew was going to be good. I was very excited for, but I never actually went to go see it, and I didn't for many years afterwards because I was terrified that the horse was going to die and I was going to be devastated by it. Um, that's uh, what do you call it? Uh, Marley and Me, the the movie about the yellow lab. I will never in my life see that movie. Never. I, I, so, but for one, because I had a yellow lab as a kid, and two, just because I love dogs in general, and I never want to see an animal die in a. In a movie but barley and me is a movie that i will never in my life see no because i know because i know what happens i read the synopsis i know what happens at the end if, if i see it i will break down in tears if you went upstairs woke up lauren and just said marley and me she'd probably start crying yeah not doing it nope <sighs> why, why did we put ourselves through that emotional turmoil dogs uh, are better than people so <laughs> oftentimes they are <laughs> We, uh, I think, we, we're, this is pretty good, 17 guaranteed movies. Guaranteed, so there's maybe some that we're like, hey, maybe we'll go see it. 17 that you and I right now, uh, some well over a year in advance, we're going to see. Like, if tickets were on the table, I'd be getting them. Yep. That's crazy. What a year. It'll be a good year. It will be... Potentially, we've got to see them and see them actually play out, but it could be the greatest year in movie history. In our lives, because we're young, you know, it is what it is. But hey, uh, wow, 17 movies. (laughs) I'm all about that. 
So I'm glad we tallied that up. Uh, next is Halloween. Uh, Suspiria, which some of our people are very interested in at the Geekiverse. The next movie I'm seeing is Bohemian Rhapsody. That looks like a blast. I'm really excited about that one. Um, And then I know I'm going to be dragged to, I mean, I'll go to with my wife, uh, The Nutcracker and The Four Realms. That doesn't look like Kira Knightley in those trailers. I didn't even know it was her. And then uh, after that, shortly after, will be The Grinch, because I'm a huge Grinch fan. And I love Christmas everything. And then uh, we'll get Fantastic Beasts and Creed 2 a few weeks after that towards Thanksgiving. We've got some stuff coming up here. Nothing that's definite go-see for me. I'm uh, seeing Ralph Breaks the Internet. That's right after Creed yeah, 2. I'm, I'm going I'll, to see that. All right, I'll see that. I have to. I'll, I'll go with you. Thank and you. Robin Hood right after that into the Spider-Verse. We've got Mary Poppins if you care about that. And then we end the year with Aquaman and Bumblebee. Nothing uh, that's over the the moon for me. Aquaman is probably the most exciting and all that. And Spider-Verse looks really good. I love that animation. I I don't know if I like the animation or not. I'll say this. I love it in certain moments from the the stuff I've seen. There are certain times where it looks eh. Certain times it looks really good. I think the environments look amazing. I don't know if I like the people, the way they're animated. I'd have to see more of it maybe to finally decide, but I'm just, I'm really on the fence about the animation. Hope we not talked about that. So that was the second scene that we saw tonight. That was cheap marketing right there. Weird is what it was. We wanted to see Tom Holland. Yeah. (laughs) BS, BS, Sony. I don't like it. Jeff, what's going on at the Geekiverse? Where can we find you on the interwebs? I am on Twitter at Jeffrey Pobbs and on Instagram, Jeff Pavlock. Um, Next thing on my schedule i will be sitting down to watch the first episode of titans on dc universe um that is the new streaming service from dc which has um loads of comics um they're just about their entire backlog of animated films plenty of animated series on there um other it's basically going to be netflix but just for dc content whether that be written or sorry more so print or um video um i'll be watching the first episode of that Pleasantly surprised with the reception that Titans is getting. I thought the trailer from San Diego Comic-Con was terrible. Wasn't excited about that show at all, but people are um, saying a lot of good things about it. So I'm looking forward to sitting down and uh, seeing it with my own eyes, what this is going to be like. So I'll have a reaction piece to that after it comes out. Make the judgment for yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I've got a lot going on at the Geekiverse. A lot of video game stuff right now. We're in the heart of really the crazy AAA gaming season. We've got everything releasing. Assassin's Creed just released. Um, we've got Red Dead in a few weeks. We've got Call of Duty next week. Man, it's a great time to be a gamer. Uh, I So I am playing Life is Strange Season 2. Actually, they just call it Life is Strange 2. So you can expect a review from me on that shortly. Also shortly, you'll see our uh, Spider-Man coverage from uh, Marvel's Spider-Man PS4 on the PS4 exclusively from Seth Zelensky. A few shout-outs here that we want to give. Uh, first off, to our partner, Del Reed and Fantastic Shirts. So, uh, 26shirts.com slash Fantastic. That's F-A-N-T-E-E-S-T-I-C. Uh, there is a new geek-themed shirt every week that you can purchase. A portion of the proceeds go to a family or a charity in need. We encourage you to check that out. We are a very proud, uh, proud partner and sponsor of Fantastic. 
and uh, the designs are great. This week is a hockey crossover. It's uh, basically Darth Vader with the Vegas Golden Knights logo, which I'm a huge fan of, of course, because I love hockey and Star Wars. If you use our code GEEK10, that's G-E-E-K-T-E-N, at checkout, you get 10% off of your purchase. So go do that. Tell a friend if you can. Of course, you can find us on all our social media at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube for podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, most prominently SoundCloud and iTunes. I host a walking carpet, uh, a Star Wars podcast called Walking Carpet, as well as a video game podcast called Geeks Got Game. Check those out right on our channel. Additionally, you can go and support the Geekiverse at patreon.com slash the Geekiverse. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash the Geekiverse. You can subscribe for as little as a dollar a month, and there are different perks for the different levels that you will subscribe to. Even if you, uh, you can't do it yourself, we'd appreciate if you would tell a friend, because Pavlok, what does Patreon help us do? Helps us keep the lights on. Can't do things in the dark, folks, so help us out there. Well, you can't. You just be tripping around. That's true. No one wants uh, to, to stub their toe or anything like that. It's, it's just not good. So I want to do a podcaster video at some point where we're completely in the pitch dark and just see what happens, see what we do. We'll, we'll, we'll do, I mean, that's one way to take him, but we'll do that. And then I would love... <laughs> not all my ideas are good, folks. Okay. I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. <laughs> it's like a water faucet. We filter through the bad stuff. But what we'll do, <laughs> what we'll do is basically... As soon as we see that dollar come in from your subscription, the lights will go on. And then we'll be able to see what's going on. That's a really good idea for a video promo. Pavlok, you're a genius. You're a mad scientist over here. Man, gotta love it. Uh, additionally, here, uh, to round out the show, I've got a new segment called JoJo's Jukebox. So uh, um, it's going to be music submitted by the community. That's you, the fan of the Geekiverse. This week... Uh, we just debuted it on Walking Carpet, and uh, we had the mixtape on to, to have their song play called Waking Up. You can find the link to that by searching Walking Carpet at thegeekiverse.com and listening to our latest podcast. This week, friend of the Geekiverse, big-time supporter, Garrett Shea. Garrett Shea is an award-winning singer-slash-songwriter out of Buffalo, New York. Hey, we're out of Buffalo, New York ourselves, so that's yes, we are. a coinkydink. Uh, he is making his way in the, the world of pop music. His musical versatility has led him in many directions nationally, including regular stops in New York City and working all around the U.S. Constantly working on new music, he records with Justin Rose at DCR Audio in Buffalo, New York. And that is co-owned by Goo Goo Dolls' Robbie Takak. So, uh, listen to the song beforehand. Garrett, that is, uh, that is some nice work, my friends. That is a catchy, catchy chorus. Or... If you're Catholic like my wife, she would say refrain, which I make fun of her for ah, all the time. I get it. I get it. <laughs> so enjoy that course. Enjoy that refrain. Uh, we are going to play uh, Garrett's song, Chasing the Moonlight. You can find that music additionally uh, to stream on Apple Music and Spotify. And you can also purchase it on iTunes, Amazon, or Google Play. Go support Garrett Shea. He's, uh, he's been a nice supporter of the Geekiverse throughout the years. You can check out his website at GarrettSheaMusic.com. Last name is spelled S-H-E-A. So, Garrett, thank you so much. We're going to play you out. Uh, I am on Twitter. You can find me at Josiah D. Leroy. If you have a song that you want to play uh, or want to hear played on our show, you just got to own the copyright, but send that over to Josiah D. Leroy at TheGeekiverse.com. I'd be happy to review that submission. And uh, we've gotten a lot here in the just the first few weeks of it. 
So for Jeff Pavlock, I'm Josiah. We thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this tonight. Enjoy Garrett Shea's single here as we go, and uh, we'll catch you soon. She thinks she can go the distance Well, maybe for a while But she's in need of some assistance If she can go the extra mile While the sunlight shades the horizon She's paralyzing me with those eyes And that's just fine Buy me for a dime Play that song one more time So